and one of our key initiatives that came out of the leadership meeting is creating a set of universal guiding principles uh, that we are using as our as our messaging platform to build off of, um, and then also operating under the the mantra of one company, one team. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B two B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go to market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sunny Side Up podcast. I'm your guest this time, Rob Hall. Today, I am super excited to talk with and bring on Mark Owen on the topic of demystifying brand convergence. Mark Owen Burson is a veteran marketer with over two decades of progressive marketing and leadership experience and the chief marketing officer of NICE North America, the regional entity of NICE, a global leader in home management solutions, building automation, security, and perimeter protection. In this role, he's responsible for marketing of all North American brands, associated divisions, and product offerings. Mark has a bachelor's in marketing from Portland State University and a master's in international business management from Washington State University. And prior to joining NICE in his career, uh, it includes driving high-performance marketing initiatives at both large companies and high-growth tech startups alike. Mark also operates a consultancy for local businesses and is a founding board member at TMRW Group a Washington state NPO and 501c3 organization designed to accelerate and amplify the impact of charitable giving to organizations and individuals in need. Mark, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Really want to give you a warm welcome to the Sunny Side Up podcast. Super happy to be here. Thank you, Rob. I'm looking forward to it. Love it. Well, cool. So obviously NICE is a incredibly well-known brand, both globally and in some of the more regional markets that you work with. But for some of our listeners that may be unfamiliar with who NICE is, what NICE does more in depth than that 30,000 foot overview that I provided. We'd love to hear in your own words more about NICE. Yeah. So as you, as you said, NICE is a global manufacturer and, and leader of home management solutions. And that includes smart home control, uh, power, audio, video, uh, and security, uh, as well as uh, building automation and perimeter protection. The company headquarters uh, is in Oderzo, Italy, which is just north of Venice. Uh, and our mission is to simplify everyday movements. Uh, and we do this by looking for ways that do not exist, at least not yet. Uh, and, and this enables our customers to come and go with, with peace of mind and, and ease. And it's through this mindset that provides us with an opportunity to create nice, aware spaces, uh, which is a concept that you'll hear more about later this year. When we're able to implement that, we'll ultimately be able to enable the nice ecosystem uh, and all of the connected devices to adapt to the user and their environment. So we're super excited about that aspect uh, and looking forward to it. The core of our business is related to home and building automation, uh, which a lot of the industry refers to as smart home. Uh, And this is really everything from control systems to sensors for doors, windows, fire and flood sensors, uh, gate and garage door automation, sunshade solutions, uh, and and all alike. Uh, So in Europe and and other parts of the world, uh, the company is much bigger and, and more oriented towards home management control solutions. Uh, whereas in North America, until the acquisition of Nortec Control, we had a stronger presence in gate and barrier offerings, uh, which we also refer to as hostile vehicle mitigation or HVM, along with do-it-yourself uh, smart home security. And so the acquisition of Nortec Control, along with the commercial brands, really puts us in a much better position to build out our, our home and building automation solutions with the, with the most robust portfolio in the industry. I love it. Thank you so much for the background there. I think that's a, a perfect kind of segue into really today's topic, right? Today's topic of demystifying brand convergence. You'd mentioned the acquisition of Nortec, which is really leading to that. If I may, 
how do you define brand convergence, right, in this topic of demystifying and kind of shining a light on it, if you will? You know, really, it's about bringing, bringing the brands together in a strategy that uh, converges or consolidates them either into a single brand or to less brands that uh, enables us to, to be more nimble and accurately address the, the needs from the market. So whether, whether we're talking about, you know, moving forward with, with NICE as the global brand and smart home and, and building automation, or if there's an offshoot of that uh, that's related to HBM gate and barrier operators and such uh, that serves a niche portion of the market, which is what our high security brand does, we, we have the ability to do that as well. I love it. Okay. So really being able to take in both the products that were pre-existing from NICE across the global portfolio that you offer with this increased number of brands that are coming from the Nortec acquisition, now beginning to really work through identifying, right? Whether it's, it sounds like whether it's a singular brand we want to move forward with, or these individual brands that still make sense to stand on and within their own category, is that a, a fair uh, interpretation, if you will? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I, you know, so when we did the acquisition, what we were left with in North America was, was about 16 brands, uh, depending on how you look at it. Uh, there were a few defunct, fran- defunct brands that came over, uh, which were already planned for phase out. And now our focus is, is on transitioning Nortec control to nice North America and, and converging brands and offerings from our broader portfolio to really bring it all together and align on, on all fronts. And so it, it's certainly challenging, but I don't think it'll be too difficult for us to do over the next few years. It's already been a lot of fun strategizing and planning. Uh, the company is behind it. Media is taking hold of the idea. Uh, and most importantly, our partners, they're, they're embracing it as well. So definitely looking forward to the opportunity. I love it. Yeah, I was about to say it's a really exciting opportunity to provide its own unique challenges. I know here at the Bandbase, we went through our own rebranding with a couple of acquisitions on our own end. Um, so I do not envy you trying to consolidate 15 brands and really trying to understand what is the best move forward plan from there. I guess that leads me to, I'm curious, as you're going through 15 brands that are recently new to NICE, a pre-existing company with its own product portfolio, incredible brand recognition as a company, what are some of the items that are top of mind for yourself, for your team across the other departments at NICE? What are those items that you have to consider when you're thinking about this large of a brand convergence? Uh, certainly quite a bit. You know, like, like you said, it's, it's super large, um, quite a few brands in market. Some of them are very well known. We, in North America, we, we go back to the 1960s. We essentially overnight through the acquisition doubled our, our history in, in terms of the timeline. NICE was founded in 1993, but then we acquired Nortec Control, and one of the commercial brands in that space was Linear, which was founded in in 1960s. So we essentially doubled the amount of time we've been in market just because of that alone. So so we have to really take a look and, and analyze the different brands and, and commercial offerings that are in the space, and 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 that's the first thing that we that we're we're reviewing. And and that's really which brands to keep in the market, and this could be for a variety of reasons. You know, are they are they a brand that's serving a niche market area, or is there a partner where we're the OEM manufacturer, uh, or are there strategic partnerships, uh, etc.? So, uh, you know, moving moving on from there, uh, what's the overall impact to the market in terms of partners and end users? Uh, this is also very key uh, for end users. In some cases, uh, they don't even know that they're using our product at all. So there's no there's no real impact to them per se. From the consumer level, the impact will be when we consolidate and we converge on the interoperability and the ecosystem that we create around a single brand. But, you know, in a lot of cases, like I said, they, there's no logo on the product or, or they're looking at it on their wall and they don't even they don't even realize or it's a speaker that's embedded in their ceiling. So where it really helps us and, and what we really need to look at as we progress uh, is the impact to, to partners. And, and that will 
you know, be be related to the end users as we connect the two together. And and that's more upstream. So when we're talking about the partner, <clears throat> it's possible that that changing the brand could have a, a perceived adverse effect. And so in that in that case, we really have to look at it and ensure that when we switch brands, we're not going to end up causing confusion in market or causing partners to move away from it because they feel there's more value or recognition in a particular brand. So we're having a lot of conversations with them about that. But like I said earlier, it's uh, it's being taken really well. And, and we're, we're really listening to their feedback and ensuring that that makes its way into the plans. Uh, another item, uh, cost and ROI. Uh, the idea here isn't that we we're going to spend money conversion brands just because. We want to ensure that that we're leveraging the offerings and brands in a way that delivers performance and and results, not just to align to the single brand for for alignment's sake. So you know there's there's ROI to consider here uh, in terms of changing the brand, uh, cost measurement, uh, lots of costs involved relating to tooling, uh, systems updates, packaging, uh, print and digital assets, and then on to the ROI because that's what it's really about. It is is the ROI going to be there? Is there going to be an impact on sales? Will changing the brand and making it part of a larger brand uh, create a poll that demonstrates we'll sell more of a particular solution or that we'll sell more of the other related solutions because one brand and others are consolidated into offerings that are associated more closely or, or create a solution for the, the customer? And those are a lot of considerations to, to think about because the cost can be quite high in some areas to make that change. But conversely, the cost in terms of, of monetary cost and then also people cost uh, to maintain brands can also be quite significant. So there's certainly a, a lot of uh, things to consider when making those decisions. Absolutely. And I even one of my biggest takeaways from that piece was your continued focus back on a customer centric approach. Right. I, I heard you mention it more or less in the introduction of nice, right, with some of the acquisition, how well received it has been, but always keeping that customer centric. And even now, as you're talking through the impact of the brand and the market, right, there's a lot of customers that don't recognize maybe that they're customers of NICE, right? They're just benefactory, benef beneficiaries of what you put into the market at the end of the day, but still being so focused on the impact to them into the partner network that you work through, continually listening to that feedback, continually implementing that feedback into your move forward plans. You're almost putting yourself in a position of just transparency, right? And setting those expectations from day one, continuing to iterate, right? It sounds like being really malleable as you continue to build out this plan moving forward, but putting yourself in a position almost where you can't lose, right? You're that you're opening up that communication line. You're continually listening to feedback. You're operating in the best interest of the company and the customer and the partner network that you support. So absolutely love that piece and really walking away with that. But overall, it sounds like really that initial perspective, taking NICE's global product portfolio with the addition of Nortex, about 15 or 16 brands, it sounds like, having that initial assessment of what brands do we keep, which ones have this historical importance going back to the 1960s, and how do we adapt them to current markets? How do we understand what that impact is going to be across that consolidation? And of course, the ROI of it, right? Across something as tactical as retooling some of your equipment, right? To be able to print out um, different items, I would imagine, all the way down to is actually going to grow the growth of this individual product line or some of the complementary product lines that are associated with it. So I absolutely mm -hmm. love that. <clears throat> Definitely. And it, just to touch on the customer centricity point, you know, a lot of companies say that they're they're customer centric and and that's a, a pretty big mantra nowadays. But we're we're taking it a whole step further. We've been a B2B company for for quite some time. And the interesting part about this is, is not only are we transitioning and converging brands, but we're transitioning in terms of, of our lexicon as well and, and how we reference customers. 
obviously the people who buy from us, they're, they're our customers. But I like to think of this as the customer of my customer is also my customer. And, and that's really where we're heading, looking at the current customers uh, as partners so that we can go to market together through them uh, to reach the end user customer successfully. Uh, and, and we're going to need to do a lot more uh, and we will start doing more uh, to market to the end user next year. Uh, some pretty aggressive growth plans in, in place over the next few years. And, and it's a huge initiative for us uh, in terms of, of who we are and, and how we'll reorient to to reach uh, our customers. And like I said, it's a pretty big shift because we've been B2B and and we're moving into uh, B2B plus B2B or B2C rather. Uh, So it should be a lot of fun. One thing I also do want to point on is that uh, I would never say that we're moving into a position where we can't lose. You can always lose and there's always more room for improvement. Uh, And that's another mindset that we have is continually improving, continually talking to partners, continually talking to customers. Uh, We have a very strong product management team led by Paul Williams who is very focused on doing this and then gathering that feedback. So yeah, I would never say that we can't lose because because that can always happen, but uh, we're, we're doing our best to, to make sure that we come out winning. Fair enough. Very humble response, but appreciate the mindset of looking at it as all as an opportunity. Something you had mentioned specifically with the product team and something that came up in one of our prior conversations was about the, the shift in buyer expectations, right? You have NICE as this global brand, but each regional entity may need to adapt their solutions to better adapt to their local marketplace, right? I don't want to give away the example that I'm thinking about, but we'd love to understand from your perspective and from NICE as a whole, what are some of the adaptions that you've had to make as you are expanding into North America more heavily here? Yeah. And, you know, uh, think globally, act locally. That's the okay. old mantra, right? And the example that you're referring to here is uh, of our, our spy garage door opener. Yeah, wildly popular in, in Europe and a super cool trolley motor that, that actually moves along the rail and pulls the door up, you know, and the motor moves and, and brings the door uh, along the way. It's really small, compact. It's very unique. But the challenge in North America that we have is that all of the brains and controllers and, and power uh, is on the wall controller. And that gets mounted on the wall. Typically in a house in North America, it's, it's by the garage door uh, and there's not any power over there. A lot of the times there's not an outlet. Uh, The outlets for the garage doors are in the ceiling. And so when that was designed in Italy for the European market, uh, it's not a problem. Uh, And it's it's really great for a space-saving design. But when we want to bring it over here and you start doing some market testing and talking to installers, you know, they're looking back going, where do I plug this in? (laughs) And and so it's, you know, it can create a little bit of confusion. So we have to make those types of adaptations. And so, you know, what, what we really do now is, is operate globally in terms of, of how we manufacture and go to market by looking at our, our overall portfolio and transition, or I'm sorry, and our, um, in our entry into a space or our expansion into a space. Uh, and so whether the product is, is manufactured in North America or in Brazil or somewhere else, we're looking at either taking components of that or, or tweaking the product itself to import it in a way that will, that will work for the, for the local market. But in some cases we have, like in the case of our abode, do-it-yourself smart home security brand, some cases we have the ability where we can we can pick that up and, and bring it over to a new market, uh, which is what we're doing there. Uh, we're bringing the abode brand uh, to the Italian market and expanding that from uh, from what was uh, only uh, UK, uh, England specifically, uh, now into to more of Europe. So it, it really is based on a lot of feedback from the market and, and looking at it uh, from the point of view of, of the in-market need and, and what the customer is, uh, is asking for. I love it. Back to the customer's interest. Absolutely love that. Well, fantastic. I, I love that example. 
as we're thinking through from the business's perspective, right? We've obviously expanded the overall product portfolio, which has introduced a ton of new opportunities about how to go to market. I'd have to imagine it's led to, you know, other streamlining across different operations, moving beyond just, you know, this, this, this marketing and this go to market conversation we've been having thus far and some of the things to keep in mind. What are some of the other areas that you're identifying of this actually causing increased efficiencies across Nice? Yeah, you know, this is something that's a hot topic for us. We were at a leadership meeting recently and, uh, and there we were talking about the convergence and the importance of a global brand. Um, and just, you know, going back real quick to, to provide some background and perspective. When we look at Nortec Control and their strategy, they're more of a house of brands where Nortec was in the backseat and, and occasionally they're there on packaging because they're the entity and whatnot. And, and uh, you know, but they didn't really go to the market that way. So when we acquired them, the new strategy here is implementing Nice as, as a branded house where we always lead with Nice or Nice is the primary brand and manufacturer or that Nice will always be the clear parent of any commercial brand that we keep in market. Uh, and we do this because... You know, it, it needs to be that global and collaborative approach across all of the functional areas of the company. So, uh, you know, a good, a good case in point was when we're talking with the ESG team uh, and looking at sustainability and what we do at that higher corporate level, uh, and then flowing it down through the localized and, and regional levels. And if we're converged into a single a brand or, or less brands, it's, it's much more powerful because we can do, you know, we can do certain things on local levels in terms of sustainability, environment, uh, social responsibility and whatnot. But then when we start to amplify that and, and build it out at a higher level, it's that same team who's looking at it and saying, uh, you know, that what they do and, and what we do uh, could be much easier for them to do the job from an ESG perspective uh, and would have more impact if we were a single brand. You know, if you look at, again, Nortec Control, where, where we have, you know, 15 different websites, 14, 14, 15 different websites in North America, rather than doing the ESG programs multiple times or only in one area because we can't scale it or we don't have enough people, by con converging our brands and working cross-functionally, we're now able to, to take these programs and, and make them much, much more efficient. Um, you know, obviously, from a, from a leadership perspective, we're also interested in, in convergence because it helps us streamline and tell our story more efficiently. But even moving into the finance and operations side, uh, where if we're a single brand or, or company or entity, uh, and this is another key part of it when we look at the entities in North America, because there are quite a few, uh, but by bringing them together, it, it really helps us to leverage greater first purchasing power globally, uh, consolidating our billing and invoicing and, and other systems, rather than having different systems or invoicing partners differently because it's it's part of a different brand or, or an entity. And so... Uh, when these things come together and when we have a smaller number of brands and entities, it, it really helps on the operations front with purchasing components, manufacturing, supply chain. Uh, and then it streamlines, streamlines our, our finance and accounting, uh, which ultimately makes it simpler and easier for our partners to do business with us. So it's, it's definitely a cross-functional approach. Love it. And then in terms of the conversation that you had just mentioned around the, the consolidation of these systems, the consolidation of the financial and accounting actual output perspective, I think the global macro trend has seen a slowdown in the acquisitions, right? As opposed to last year and the couple of years prior. Curious from your perspective, just leading the overall marketing organization, I imagine collaborating collaborating across the go-to-market tech stack. What were some of the biggest pieces that y'all were considering internally as you're thinking about the consolidation, the aggregation into other systems as you're adopting all of these Nortec solutions as well? One thing that's very dear to my heart right now is just making it easier for internal team members to connect and talk to each other. So me personally, I have three different chat windows open on three different applications. 
because we use different systems. So Nortec Control, they've got their own domain and tenant and email addresses. Our headquarters uh, team, they, they've got their own domain and, and email systems and whatnot. Uh, and then so do some of the other commercial brands in, here in North America. So by looking at it and saying, look, this is completely inefficient. We need to bring these things together so that we can make our teams more interoperable and, and easier to talk to each other. That's going to save us so much time. It also ends up saving us some money on, on different licensing and whatnot. Or whatnot. So we locally are partnering with our, our, our CMO in, in Italy, who's also our person or I, chief IT person as well. And in looking at that saying, okay, well, how can we, how can we, you know, converge our systems as well, such as uh, email tenants and, and domains so that we can collaborate more effectively. Uh, and then when we look at other things specifically in North America um, around ERP systems and, and other tools, it's ensuring that we're on the same, same platform and same system. So again, you know, talking about billing and invoicing or supply chain, it's so that we can have greater visibility throughout the entire organization in North America. Um, and so, so really looking at it from an efficiency and operational standpoint, it's super important that we that we consider that as well. I love. That. I think one of the the biggest challenges I have just speaking to my customers on a day in day out basis is you know having just huge repositories of data, but it all being siloed into individual mm-hmm. systems that you know maybe are connected, maybe aren't connected, maybe are speaking some of the time. Right, At the end of the day, they're just operating in silos. Right, so kind of that point of just increasing visibility, making it as easy as possible from the partner network, as you had referenced, in terms of the customers but also just that communication piece, right? A a global company really is what we're operating off of and really making sure that everyone feels that that culture, right? It's not lost as a result of this acquisition. If anything, it's, it's growing because of the, uh, the, uh, the welcoming of some of these new team members and expanding of teams and things along those lines. So love that. Absolutely. And, and one of our key initiatives that came out of the leadership meeting is creating a set of universal guiding principles uh, that we are using as our, as our messaging platform to build off of. And then also operating under the, the mantra of one company, one team. So NICE grew really through acquisition in a lot of cases, uh, specifically in North America. And then, you know, obviously had some, some strong organic growth through their, their products and their innovation in Europe and, and globally. But because of that and because of bringing these multiple teams together and, and multiple regions together, sometimes it's, it's super challenging. And so, you know, we're, we're developing those unified and universal cultural guiding principles as, as well as our um, identity and you know how we how we go to market and, and our overall brand values and aligning that on a global level and again doing it through this one company one one team mindset uh, so that we're we're all part of you know something much bigger uh, and you know bringing everybody together and, and being able to communicate on a single platform is, is certainly key or one key to, to helping to do that most certainly. Well, fantastic. One item that has popped up more and more frequently that I've noticed and really interested to hear your perspective is um, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of the macroeconomic conditions that we find ourselves in today. So we'd love to hear from your perspective at the the helm of, you know, the North American marketing team, obviously, uh, you know, the leadership and a global perspective that you uniquely have. Would love to understand how you and the organization as a whole are adapting to some of these just uncertainties in today's marketplace. Yeah, you know, I think we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, being in the security space, we we are um, you know through the last two years, we we've seen growth and we've been pretty insulated to some of those uh, some of those market conditions and, and some of the uncertainties that that impacted other areas. But in terms of you know some of the impacts that we've had are you know they're related to supply chain, uh, just like everyone else. 
And now what we're seeing is due to inflation or the higher cost of goods, some of the projects are, are being maybe put on hold or extended. We're not really seeing a slowdown though. Bookings are still super high. Our partners are telling us that they're, they're still busy as ever, but really the, the slowdown has been on postponing some jobs uh, due to costs. So you've got folks who are building, you know, third and fourth homes uh, and putting higher end control systems in them, but they're, they're maybe postponing the, the building of that home or the completion of the home uh, until costs go down. So, you know, that's where we're, we're probably seeing a little bit more of an impact uh, is related to, to postponement, but not necessarily a, a full slowdown uh, in our operations or in our ability to, uh, to grow. Uh, and like I said, uh, we have very aggressive growth targets uh, and we are uh, well equipped with a plan to, to achieve them. So I, I, I think that we'll, we'll make it out okay. Fantastic. Well, it's good to hear. We're winding down on the overall time for today's conversation. I, I've genuinely enjoyed it. A couple of parting questions, uh, stepping outside of the, uh, the agenda, if you will, demystifying brand convergence and just general, I'll call it professional development that a lot of our viewers love to benefit from. But curious to hear from your perspective, are there any books, blogs, websites, maybe other podcasts that you're a frequent of and that you've really enjoyed and you recommend to our audience? Uh, yeah. You know, recently I, I read a book that was recommended by our group CEO called Execution, The Discipline of Getting Things Done by Larry Bossidy and, and Ram, uh, Ram Charan. Uh, it's a super good business book about uh, analyzing and implementing strategy with a, a much greater emphasis on delivering high performance results. So I definitely recommend that to anybody looking for a business book. Uh, on a personal level, a book that I like to recommend, it's, it's definitely not business related, but incredibly fascinating. It's called Yakuza Moon, Memoirs of a Gangster's Daughter by Shoko Tendo. Uh, and, and they're really just the raw power and emotion delivered in her true story of growing up the daughter of a, a Japanese mob boss or Yakuza boss. Uh, it's simply amazing. And, and it's actually quite literally the only book I've, I've ever read straight through without putting it down. Uh, so I really? so recommend that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible story. It's, it's just amazing. And, and her writing is brilliant. You know, industry related, I'd say CE Pro. It's a, it's a great, great site to follow. Uh, for for all things uh, related to automation and control, smart home. It's the place that you you and the audience should go look uh, around Cedia when we have some more announcements and things coming uh, later in September and October. Uh, and then obviously, I think folks need to subscribe to Sunnyside Up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that plug. <laughs> well played for the closing. I love it. Speaking of which, I always like to ask our guests, in terms of individuals that you have really enjoyed, mentors maybe that you've learned from other podcast guests that you've really enjoyed anybody that you would recommend actually that we bring on the show as a potential follow-up guest to talk about what they're going through professionally personally what they can share with our audience yeah i mean you know from a from an in-company perspective I, i'd say our chief product officer has, has been around the block a little bit he came from ge lighting which is a savant company so he's, he's definitely been in the space and, and he could talk a lot about uh, what we're doing on a product level and, and the future of of where we're going uh, and where the space is going in general really he's a great guy his name's paul williams Practically, and from from my perspective, I'm also hearing about other other marketers who've implemented uh, convergent strategies, the learnings that they've had, and, and and experiences that they can share, you know, and and how they've made it stick. And then I guess uh, go big or go home. You can invite Elon Musk on because it'd be interesting to hear more about what's happening with Twitter and and all the million <laughs> other things he's got going on. But I love it. Well, I appreciate the uh, the recommendations there. As we are winding down, final question for the individuals that really enjoyed what you had to share, maybe be able to provide some of their own experience going through this convergence. What is the best way to get in touch with you coming out of today's podcast? Uh, email is probably the best way. Uh, you can reach me at m.burson, B-U-R-S-O-N, at nice4u.com. And that's nice, F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. 
Uh, I'd also recommend checking out nortechcontrol.com. I'm sorry, nortechcontrol.com slash stronger together, which is the transition campaign that's been running all year as part of our move from Nortech Control to NICE. Uh, and then again, check back with us in September, October after Cedia uh, to learn more about the exciting things happening at the company. September, October timeframe and have to give you a, a plug for your LinkedIn to go ahead and follow uh, some of the posts that you have on there. Have I really enjoyed those? Well, Mark, it was absolute pleasure here. Really enjoyed the conversation. I know our audience members will as well. Um, thank you so much for allocating the time and joining the podcast. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 